Hey folks, it's Marvin Cash, the host of the Articulate Fly, and we're back with another Central Virginia Fishing Report with Ethan Martin of Telltellers Fly Shop. How you doing, Ethan? I'm doing great today. How are you doing? As always, just trying to stay out of trouble. Uh, was Santa Claus good to you? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I got all sorts of little tools and fun stuff for fishing, so I can't complain. Yeah, well, there you go. And, uh, you know, looking at your weather, we we're kind of at the tail end of a little bit of a warm-up after the holiday deep freeze. And it looks like things are going to kind of slide back into a normal pattern, uh, probably have decent amount of water. What are you seeing uh, on the trout and the musky front? Yeah, most guys that have been going out trout fishing have had pretty good success on both the brook trout tr- streams and also stock rivers. Um, so pretty much whatever you want to do, if it's trout oriented, it's a decent time of uh, the year to go do that. The only thing to keep in mind is it is cold. And a lot of our brook trout streams right now actually uh, can get snow or ice up there. Um, so just keep that in mind. If you're going up there with a real crummy car, uh, it might be no good. Um, but, you know, on those warm days, we've had quite a few of them um, going up there and dry fly actions even been going off with uh, darker colored dry flies. Um, so if that's something that you're into and want to go and catch some fish on the dry fly, um, look for those, you know, warmer days. If there's three or four days stacked in a row, it's usually going to be that third or fourth day. Um, but this time of the year, we're usually fishing darker color dry flies, like a parachute atoms, or maybe even like a black bionic ant, something like that. Uh, and then a nymph. And again, most of those fish are going to be eating the nymph. Um, but if you're, going to say hey let's just swing for the fences and see if maybe we can get something to eat on top um then that's how i throw is a dry dropper with a pattern on the bottom and then a darker colored uh dry fly on the top you know as crazy as it is even last week um down here in lynchburg i saw i mean some giant ants walking around so it's not like there's no bug activity that's happening um you still do get the odd terrestrial um so just keep that in mind. And then when it comes to the stock trout waters, um, bright and flashy, that's been the, the ticket. I know a couple of people went out on uh, some of our like medium-sized stock streams near us and brought like Crelex flies and caught fish. Woolly buggers have been doing well. Uh, and then egg squirmies, you know, your, your classic, what we would call junk flies, uh, have been catching fish. But the main thing is that thing has to be on the bottom of the river. I mean, if it's if it's off it even a little bit, uh, they just don't seem to be as productive. Um, so if you do go up there this time of the year, make sure that you bring two things. One of them is gloves and the other one would be split shot because uh, you're going to have to be fishing low and slow. Yeah. And, and to that point, you know, the trick folks is, you know, if you're indicator fishing is to make sure that that indicator is moving slower than the bubbles on the top of the water. Yep. Yeah. And that's something that I always, uh, I use the indicator for more than just, you know, watching for strikes. Uh, and so that's something to keep in mind in that the the strike indicator, when you use it properly, is going to give you a lot more information than just, hey, it goes under the water when a fish eats it. Because um, just like you said, if it's going slower, then you know that your drift is more lifelike underneath the water. Uh, depending on what indicator system you're using, like I end up using the New Zealand strike indicator system a lot. And the benefit of that is you can even tell when you like, it will sit sideways. And as soon as you get a direct line of contact to your nymph, the thing will actually sit straight up in the air or you can watch it twitch just a little bit where it's like bumping rocks and stuff like that. Um, so it definitely, if you go out, I mean, one of the things people don't do, especially beginners is they set that indicator and then forget about it. 
Um, but if you watch a good angler, then they're usually adjusting weight because or either weight or the, the length of their indicator, because you're always kind of constantly tweaking stuff as you move up a stream. Um, cause the stream changes and the stream flow changes, the depth changes. Uh, and again, your objective is you want that fly to be on the bottom of the river. Uh, and so you do everything you can to make that happen. Um, but another product that I've liked, honestly, is the, uh, those new Oros indicators. I know that people have probably seen it if they've been in our shop, but, um, it's like a thingamabobber, but for a beginner, or like a kid, they're pretty cool. Cause it, it just slides right in the middle. Um, and it's kind of like an airlock, but if you drop it, uh, cause that's the notorious thing with those air locks. I mean, if you drop that washer, it's gone. You might as well throw it away. <laughs> um, but it's a cool product. Um, the only thing I'd say about it is you, if it's not like 4X tippet, the thing can slide around a little bit. Um, but if you see that in your local shop, it's worth picking up one or two. Because if you are teaching a newbie how to fish, or if you do have to use a lot of weight, um, they, they cast really well and they adjust really easily. Uh, and in the cold weather, it's kind of nice to have you know something that's big and bulbous that you can kind of grab onto when you can't really fill your fingers. So yeah. something else to keep your eyes out for. Yeah, I would also say too, you know, you know, not to be lazy about changing weight to your point. And one way, you know, one of the things I try to do is I try to put on the smallest split shot at the beginning of the day that I think I'm going to need all day long. Um, and then basically add and take off tungsten putty uh, around that piece of split shot to kind of vary my depth. And that seems to, you know, one, not make me, you know, take split shot on and off my leader, which is not good during the course of a day. But it also, if it's easier to adjust your weight, you'll adjust your weight more. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really think in watching other people fish and fishing myself, it's, it's really interesting how important depth is for nymphs or even streamers. Um, cause there was a day like in December I went and fished and there's one run where I, there's always a fish there. Like I know every time I fish there, there's a trout sitting there and I made like two drifts through, didn't catch anything. So I made my indicator a little bit farther away, cast two drifts through, didn't catch anything. And I know there's a fish there because I've fished this place a thousand times. So then I put on a little bit of split shot and then first cast through and caught them. And it's like, if, if you didn't know anything or if you were just, you know, kept it at that one single distance, you wouldn't have landed the fish. Um, but just because you're willing to kind of tweak stuff around a little bit, uh, you'll land more. So just one, one more tool or thing to think about. And hey, I guess that is a hard part of like somebody's a beginner they would ask the question, well, how did you know that there was a fish there? And my answer would have been, I've caught a bunch of fish there before. <laughs> so really, again, it goes back to you just put time on the water and, you know, pay your dues and adjust and tweak things. And eventually stuff will start to unveil itself to you. Yeah. I mean, I, I think too, you know, a, another thing, you know, people kind of hear that one and a half time, the depths of the water rule, right. For, you know, distance yep. between indicator and, and shot. And I think, you know, it's probably, more important to kind of think about that in terms of how fast the water is moving, right? So the so the faster the water is moving, the closer it is to one and a half times. But if the water is really slow, like it can be in the wintertime, it's probably closer to one, right? Yep. And, um, you know, that's the trick. And, you know, just start kind of, you know, again, it's hard to kind of develop that feel as a beginner, but you just got to go fish is to basically look and watch that indicator. And it's going to tell you a lot, you know, about where your flies are in the water, but also kind of if you're down, right. And that, yep, that's kind of the, kind of the game, right? Yeah. It, yeah. And there was a funny thing. I was talking to a guy in the shop today and everywhere you read online or watch online about nymphs, 
you always see people using two nymphs. And uh, the question arose, is it okay just to use one? And uh, absolutely, obviously. Like in, in fishing, there's no hard, fast rules, right? Um, but it is funny how like all the literature, all the illustrations, everything you see about nymph fishing, they always have an anchor or, or deep, you know, big fly. And then there's one hanging off of it. But, you know, there are times, especially if you're fishing brook trout streams, where if you just go with one nymph with a really precise cast, you have better success. I mean, it, it's kind of funny, right? Because it seems like counterintuitive, but um, it, and it all boils back to a precision and fly casting and being able to place them in the water where the fish are. And sometimes having two flies on is just more annoying, you know, frankly, because if you're, uh, especially if you're on like a brook trout stream sign of nymph and you have to make one or two false casts, I mean, before you know it, you've botched up the two flies that are all twisted and now you're going to spend 10 minutes trying to untangle a mess with numb fingers. Um, so yeah, keep that in mind too. Um, it's just another thing for, you know, especially people that are newer to fly fishing. Um, if you see all the books and all the things that are like, you must use two flies. You don't have to do that. I mean, that's, <laughs> it, it's funny how those things, when it's ingrained in your head so often, you kind of forget that you can do whatever the heck you want. Yeah. Some things are better than other, but yeah, absolutely. And particularly in the wintertime. I mean, you know, if it was spring or fall or summer and the fish were more active and you're trying to fish different places in the water column, totally different ball game, yep. but we know where they are in the wintertime and they're not, they're not up on the top. <laughs> nope. Yeah. Yeah. A guy sent me a picture just today of like a absolutely stunning looking rainbow at what of one of our local streams here. And it's like, you just, you go, you nymph and he said he only caught one fish, but you know, that fish was a beautiful trout. And it's one of those things like you might not go out there this time of the year and catch a million, but it's, it's definitely rewarding and something to get you out of the house. So. I'd go and fish if you had the chance. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, folks, we love questions on the Articulate Fly. You can email them to us. You can DM us on social media. And if we use your question, I will send you some Articulate Fly swag. And we are in a drawing uh, for something cool from the shop at the end of the season. And speaking of that, we are at the end of the season. And uh, we're going to have the drawing for all the folks in 2022 uh, that asked questions and had them answered on the uh, fishing report. And Ethan, what are we going to raffle off next time? I'm going to raffle off a $100 gift card to the shop that can be used in the store or online. And we're also going to raffle off uh, one article of Tail Teller's apparel. So if that's a hat or shirt or sweatshirt, whatever you want, um, it's yours. Uh, Well, there you go. And I bet you you've got all kinds of cool class stuff coming up, right? We do. Yeah, we had a class last Saturday with Mike Rennie. Um, So we're going to have a class coming up here in February. Uh, and as well, we even have like fly tying classes and fly fishing 101s. Um, so if you're interested in that information, it's on our website. You just click on the calendar tab and then it's going to show you all of the dates, you know, who's going to be speaking, um, how much some of it costs. Cause some of the classes are $20 if it's a master class, but um, if, it's a, if it's one that we're putting on as a shop, like a fly fishing 101 or a tying class, um, they are free. So it's definitely something if you're newer to, the whole fly fishing world, it's worth checking out. Um, those aren't like live streamed or put anywhere else. It is in the classroom uh, class. So definitely it's a lot of fun. Uh, you get to see other people who are newer to fly fishing and then you can come say hi to me. So it's best of both worlds. Yeah. And you can grab a cheesy Western. Well, that's true too. Yeah. All the good food options in downtown. Yeah. And so you want to let folks know shop hours and all that kind of good stuff. 
Yeah, so we have a change in hours just for winter. Um, so we're going to be closed Sundays and Mondays, uh, but then we're open Tuesday through Saturday um, like normal. So if you are headed this way, just keep that in mind that Mondays we are closed because we got to fish too. So <laughs> Yeah, there you go. Very, very important. And folks, speaking of fishing, you owe it to yourself to get out there and catch a few. Tight lines, everybody. Tight lines, Ethan. Tight lines. Tight lines.